Welcome to Dudes of Beards Podcast, episode 36. I am Joe, and joining me are my co-hosts, Matt. Hello. And Darren. Hola. The video version can be found on Facebook and YouTube. The audio version can be found on all major podcasting platforms. Please visit DWBShow.com for all of our links. On today's show, we're going to be discussing the Orbital Reef Mixed-Use Space Station, uh, iPhone 14 Upgrade in Jeopardy, Ford unveils all-electric F100 Illuminator concept, the solid-state battery revolution, it's coming, and the QuantumScape solid-state batteries, including third-party test results. So some pretty cool stuff uh, lined up for us. What are we drinking, Matt? What we have her is Warp Wings. Is it annual release? Mm-hmm. That we yep. call it annual release of Esther's Little Secret. Um, here's some can if you want to see that a little bit. And this year, and they kept a secret up until like yeah. the day of, right? <laughs> yeah. I think some of the, some of the employees knew, but I I told April I was like I don't want if you know I don't want to know. Just wait, I'm gonna wait. Gotcha. Yeah, because you guys went to the release. They, they, they had like a special dinner last night and they had a, like they did some uh food and uh pairings for for the beer as well so this year is a chocolate almond bark brown ale and we so happen to have one from 2017 yes yeah hold that one up a little higher Matt. So that was a 20 so this what do we say since 2016 they've been doing this yes. we think yeah that was the second year uh, so that was released on October 31st of 2017. That one's a cream ale, right? Yeah. Winter white ale with yeah. chocolate and vanilla cream. So it's usually what's been a brown ale a couple a few times. Uh-huh. Has well, it been a I stout once? I can't remember what the first one was. Yeah, and then I think the, there's been a cream ale once or twice. But um, this is a uh, this is a collaboration between Warp Ring Brewing, uh, which is in Dayton, Ohio. And Esther Price Candies, which I think they're originating in Cincinnati, or are yeah. they Dayton? Uh, I think they're Cincinnati. So they've—it's a collaboration. So they—they they meet up and then they—they—they they, uh, they think about what they want to do. Um, you know how they can use the Esther Price Candy, chocolate, whatever it may be, in a, a warp wing beer, and then they do a special one every year. Uh, like Matt said, this was an almond bark, chocolate almond bark. Um, so we actually have some of the Esther Price um, chocolate almond. Bark candy that uh, was paired with at a, uh, with the dinner last night. So there's a, a dark chocolate and a milk chocolate. Uh, they also do a barrel aged release of this. I don't know if they did that every year. I think it may have been. I don't know the if, last couple at least. Yeah, least. the last two or three, yeah. but not every year they've done that. Um, and the barrel aged um, was Dayton. S Price is Dayton. Yep. Okay, sorry. 1926. Thank you. Um, They're on last. So the the barrel age is going to have more of a you know you're going to have that more barrel or bourbon finish to it. At least that's what I think. And that's what we have here. So this is the barrel aged version of it. It's the same flavor profile. It's just, they aged it in bourbon barrels. I don't know how long specifically it was aged for. Uh, maybe we can find that out, but. So that what uh, you said that was in Eagle rare. I don't know for sure. I think that they just said that maybe it might, I, I don't know hundred percent. So okay. I didn't, I'm not, I don't want to okay. say that for sure, but. Um, I think the milk chocolate goes better with the normal one, and then the dark chocolate, to me, paired better with the bourbon, the barrel aged one. So you guys can Ooh. try it out and see what Off you think. Off of the nose alone, this has to be amazing. I really liked it. Like it's probably my second most favorite overall. I think 
My favorite one was the uh, the st- I thought it was a stout, but maybe it wasn't. I have to go back and look. We we'll have to look back at Untapped and see what they all were. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh man, this is good. Very good. But the beer is real nutty. Really good though. I think the I think the ABV being a little bit higher than what I remember the other ones being takes what, some help helps with the sweetness. What's that one? Mm. Eight. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Maybe they've always been higher than. I wonder if it's because they brew it with the chocolate and the candy that it's so much sugar that helps feed the ABV up, maybe. I don't know. Not a brewer, so. Yeah. That would above my head. Okay, so 2016 was a porter, imperial mm. double. Porter, okay. And what was the flavor? Did it say, if you click on it, what the? It says no longer in production. Right. Hold on. Okay, so in 2019 was a scotch, a scotch ale. ale. We heavy. Let's see. 20, I don't think 2020s uh, was the double fudge cream stout. That one was stout, okay. So maybe it's been different every year. Did you pour all that one, Matt? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Oh, this one says 2014. Was that, that, was that the first one, maybe? It, and it was also a Scottish ale, we heavy. Okay. But I mean, I get it's it's a little bit of sweetness, like you said. It's that that almond, and then a little bit of chocolate, and then it just has a really nice finish to it. It's not. It's a, just a little bit of. It, it's a little strong for a brown ale, but it has a really good finish. I think because of the so in 20, almond. 2015, they did a brown ale also. Okay, all right. So a couple scotch ales, a couple brown ales, a porter, uh, a stout, a cream ale, at least one. You said 14 was the first year, or is that just the last one? That's, that's least, the first one I see. Was, that was a Scotch Ale? Mm-hmm. You want any more? Yeah. 20. Of the ones I remember, 2018 is my favorite. The barrel age version of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I love that one. What and was that's that one? The, the uh, Imperial Stout. Maybe that's the one that I like. I know there was one we all really, really liked. And, and you, I think this one's probably my next second. Because you have one. You think, still have one. I think so. Because it has the red wax on it. You want any more? Yeah. That one if you said. Yeah. Yep. It's tasty. Yeah, I really liked it. And when we got to the beer dinner, they were already poured and sitting out, so this one got a little warmer than I would probably have let it get. Um, but this one was, like, by the time I finished that and – ate dinner and then went into the, the barrel aged. It was room, basically room temp at that point, probably like 65 degrees, which might've been, it definitely brought the bourbon out in it a lot. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah. I'm interested to see how it tastes, if, how much it tastes uh, or how different it tastes rather being a little colder. Wow. You get that nice <clears throat> chocolate finish. Yeah, see, I'm getting the taste like the dark chocolate would have been better. See, and that's what I said. You you might like the dark chocolate better. Um, I tried a little bit of 
with each. Um, but me, the dark, the dark chocolate paired better with the barrel aged. But and and I really like the uh, the the nuttiness of the the beer because you know I love hazelnuts because that's what I drink a little bit yeah. of hazelnut sugar free yeah. creamer in my uh, coffee every mm-hmm. morning. So I drink almond creamer. Yeah, so. so Almond just doesn't, it's not super overpowering, right. but it makes it kind of creamy, I think, with the chocolate too, but I don't know. It's really good this year. I really like it. <laughs> yeah, I typically don't like the base beer. Yeah. That one's really good. I gave it, I checked it in, I think I checked it in last night or this morning. I gave it a four and a half. Um, I thought it was, it's definitely one of the better ones. Yeah. Um, and then we'll, we'll, we'll try the barrel age one here in just a little bit when we finish that. Um. What's uh, what's been exciting since last podcast with you, Matt? Anything super exciting? Uh, no, nope. Yeah, nothing super exciting for me. Uh, I've been on vacation the last two weeks. It's actually I've tried to do as little as possible, and I said I wasn't going to do any projects. That the only project I actually did was you know I built the I got a new dartboard and I built a <clears throat> like a surround for it just so uh, it would have like a backstop so it wouldn't hit the, the drywall, <laughs> and then put like an LED light around it. Um, and then uh, I picked up some parts yesterday because the new Intel 12 series chips were released. So I built, I'm going to build a new gaming PC. So I picked up some new parts for that. I'm still waiting on a couple of things. Hmm. One of them probably won't be here until next week. Just like some, some sleeved cables for the power and the, and, the, and the graphics card, which I can do it with, you know, temporarily. It'll be fine and I can just swap those out. But And then I'll probably need to get some additional fans and stuff too. I just don't know how many and where I want them all yet. Um, so I'll probably be working on that all weekend. RGB everything. I don't know. See, I, I, like I was telling you guys, I, I'm going to, I think I'm going to call this the Dark Knight build. I think I'm just going to do black and white. Like have all the RGB like a white and then dim them down. Because the case I got, the 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 side panels, the uh, the the tempered glass yeah, is tinted. It's tinted. So I think it, you'll still be able to see a little bit going on in there. But I think if I just did it all white... I don't know. We'll see. Because the the uh, the the cable sleeve the, the 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 power cables I got they're they're already sleeved. They're the ones that have the little clips so that you can make them nice and tidy. It's like a dark gray. So I just hmm. I wanted it to sand off just a little bit from the everything else being black in there. So I don't know. We'll see. I don't know exactly what I'm gonna do yet. But anything exciting for you there? Uh, we got the Did drink. You want to talk about? We got the drink in our, uh, my new bar for the we first did. time last uh, Saturday. Yeah. So we got to break in the bar. We had some uh, super good smoked bologna. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I I, I want to redo on that because I wasn't I I wasn't happy with it, but everybody else loved it. But there's a few things I'd do different next time, and I, I mean it was delicious. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. That's the first time I've ever had a smoked piece. Of, you know, something that a bologna that's been smoked. I thought it was good. I thought I probably would have sliced it a little thinner. That's one of my things. Um, but I also ate a lot of other stuff, so I was full but and didn't make well, it all the that, way through the sandwich. That's the, that's the only thing I ate. Yeah, you did, didn't you? But I had, I mean, that you piece had a of really bologna big was stick slice. inch thick almost. Yeah. Uh, did you end up putting those on the Blackstone? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, they had the, the black marks in them. Yeah, the uh, buns. No. Or the, you put the, the buns bologna. on there too, didn't I you? I put the buns on there too. Oh, you did after you yeah. sliced it. You put them on there. Yeah. Okay. I didn't. I yeah. didn't. Uh, no, that's what. That's that, that makes sense because it was grilled a little bit, uh-huh. and it was super good. Um, Especially you, with that bread, that, chiba- that ciabatta, ciabatta bread. right? Oh my yeah. god, 
That was. I wish I could. You toasted more, that on a blackstone too, yeah. didn't you? Yeah. So, I I asked I asked my wife. I was like, "Is this wrong putting vegan butter?" <laughs> well, oh. even like country crock is vegan. It's just vegetable yeah. oil. But yeah. But that vegan butter just has such a great taste to it. Yeah, it's like, is it? It's just a what was it? Uh, it's not a vegetable oil. It's something else. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Or but a blend, maybe. I mean, it's just vegan brand, is what. Yeah. It, um, what, in, in, what was going on on Saturday that we all were down in your just bar? my birthday? Just, yeah, just, just birthday. his birthday. Just my forty fourth birthday. Oh man! And then you know, I got two really, 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 really good friends that uh, shouldn't <laughs> shouldn't spend money like they do, but they bought me a very, very, very nice bottle of Whistle Pig. It was only, it was less than half of what we spent last year because we bought you the humidor last year. <laughs> yeah. So we're 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 trying to we're, we're scaling it back. Next year you're getting just, next year you're getting a pair of underwear. I, I, <laughs> a pack I, of underwear. I need underwear, so <laughs> it's welcomed. I don't know if I could last the whole year though. I think uh, Christmas is coming up. I'll just say, "Hey, wife, make my uh, get you some underwear. Get me some underwear. Put them in your stocking. That's a good stocking gift." Any uh, other exciting stuff you want to talk about? Well. Uh, I guess so. I mean, we. Yeah, uh, I didn't. Know, I didn't know if you wanted to or not. I don't care. You don't have uh, to. No pressure. I mean, no. We can skim of, right it's, over it. It's personal. It's personal. Okay. personal. Yeah. We'll just leave them all hanging. Yeah. Well, I mean, my whole my whole Facebook account is public, so it doesn't okay. really matter to me. But uh, me and my wife back in May, uh, we did a lot of talking before that. Um, we're both had. Infertility problems, and we were lucky enough to have our baby boy Arlo, which he's now five <laughs> and a half and three quarter. Mm-hmm. So, um, after five years of trying, we came to the realization that we weren't going to have another child. So, <clears throat> I'm adopted, and we kind of where Arlo's school was, his daycare was, uh, I'd drive by this uh, little yard sign that said Neko uh, Foster to Adopt. And, you know, I just saw it over and over. Then me and Elizabeth talked about it, and then we kept trying a little bit longer. And then finally we both just, you know, came to the realization that we can help in other ways, and we started uh, the Foster to Adopt program through Neko and... What was it? Two days ago, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we got the call that we were licensed and ready to be a foster parent. So that's awesome. That's exciting because you had to go through training and interviews and three references yeah. and like it was a process. Yeah, they were uh, what three four months. They were twelve twelve uh, three hour three hour plus classes, mm-hmm. and that's only good for two years. And you gotta kind of refresh you gotta it. Kind of refresh it, but there's there's places that we can just do it through those two. You don't years have to do it all over again. Right. You just got to do anything new and updated. Right? They yeah. have they have like a uh, like a foster care college. They call it. Oh wow! And you can go on, log in, get your hours. Okay. And then you know stay certified for the next time. That's cool. So. And then you had to do in person interviews. In person interviews. Home inspection. Finger, fingerprinting. Home background. inspection. Fire inspection. Uh, all kinds of stuff. I mean, yeah. I we had to, I put all new uh, 
which I've been wanting to do anyways, but all, all new smoke detectors throughout the whole house. Uh, you got I had, the smart ones too, didn't you? No, not re- no, they're not smart. They're just. Oh, I inter- thought they. I thought they would. <clears throat> they create their own Wi-Fi network. Okay. So they, if one goes off, they all go off. Okay. Is there an app that were to notify you? Or not? Oh, okay, I thought they were. No, I, they were cheap. They were only like one hundred thirty dollars yeah. for six of them. Because the Nest ones are. Yeah, they're one hundred thirty dollars for one. And how many do you have? Uh, I have six. Yeah, and I have eleven in my house. Right. And I, could, I couldn't even imagine <laughs> like, because I'm not replacing because all I have the one downstairs. I love it. You know, it, yeah. it, if, if something happens, it, it comes right on my phone yep. immediately. You know, all we're going to do is a monthly test. You might hear something, mm-hmm. but you know, at a hundred, hundred plus dollars yep. a piece, it's just like, I can't I do it. I made, I made, cause I, I bought one and put it in the garage cause I didn't have one in the garage, which I can't believe that's not code by now. Yeah. I'm not, not having surprised one. also, at especially least a, with at least a, a carbon. Yeah. And you got, you don't, <clears throat> well, you don't have to worry about as much now. Well, and I was just thinking, you know, cause I, we have the Tesla charger out there now to charge the Teslas and I'm like, where we were talking about that or something or somebody like there was a garage, people's cars catching on fire in their garages. Yep. And I'm like, you would never know it. So I bought a Nest the Nesta Protect to put in the garage because there wasn't anything out there. So I just bought the wireless one. And those batteries last almost two years. Um, and then I bought a, a – put a smoke – or a, a fire extinguisher out there too. So I think what I might do is replace – if I buy like just three more of them and just put one on each floor. Mm, right. Like put one in the hallway upstairs in between all the – because there's one in every bedroom. Right. Like it's, and then there's one out in the hallway. So I could just put one out in the hallway – and then put the one on the main floor. It's cl- I think it's right around the corner from the kitchen. And then the one there's only one down here in the basement. So if I just do one on each floor, at least if no one's home, right, you'll get. Some we may not of- know as fast as those other ones going off, but we would know at least have some kind of alert or whatever. But right. I don't know. I may do that. I yeah. think you can catch deals at Costco sometimes, like a three pack. Because yeah. I know they have three packs, but they don't have. It was like a three pack and maybe a five pack at one point, but like not. I need eleven. <laughs> I just I, I'm not buying eleven hundred dollars yeah. worth of smoke detectors. That's... No, I mean it's it's. <sighs> but it, it like we had one, the one in Joey's bedroom, the sensor went bad in it. I don't know if it just got dirty or if maybe it had, you know, from construction it had stuff on it. But it it, it kept going off. So I am um, had to completely unplug it, and then it was under warranty. We were still under our new home warranty, so they came and fixed it. But. When that when one goes off, all eleven of them mm-hmm. go off, and you can't you don't know which one it is, unless you go and look at the you have to look at the light and see so, which one has the red light on it. So you got to go through three floors, eleven different, and f- before I found out which one was causing the issue, your ears are bleeding at that so, time. Oh, so we were we uh, before Arlo was born. Actually, uh, Elizabeth was pregnant with him. We were in uh, Dallas mm-hmm. at her uncle's house, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was probably like two thirty, three in the morning, and one of his, uh, I don't know what kind of smoke detector they were, but one of his batteries went dead, mm-hmm. and it set all oh, of them crap. off. So here it is, 3 o'clock in the morning. We're trying to to figure out which one's going on. Yeah. Oh, so the Lord. next So the next day I changed all the batteries for them. And that's the good thing with the Nest is that you name them. Mm-hmm. So when, when it goes off, it says... It tells you the name of the one going oh, on. Right. Nice. And then you can go in the app, and then, you know, of course, you get the notification on your phone or whatever, too. And you can silence it. You can silence it. Um, 
if it's like just a smoke, like, you know, somebody blew out a candle or something or you're cooking and something got burnt, you can like wave it and it'll silence it. But if it keeps detecting the smoke, it'll go back off again. Hmm. Um, but the, that's the cool thing is it doesn't matter which one goes off because they all have speakers in them. It will say smoke in, or in, and it'll tell you the room, yep. the location. And they so, and but they they always they all say the, the same, same thing. thing. Yes. Wow. So you know exactly where uh, it is. Yeah, I mean, they're they're it's it's a great yeah, and they're <laughs> CO two. But here's 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 the problem. I mean, I know companies need to make money, but most people that get into home automation have a decent size home, anyways. Yeah. And you know, like I need three, four, five. I need I need six. Yep. I'm pretty sure I need six also. And and so that's far. and that's like minimal. That's like yeah. minimal six. And and I'm not going to drop. I mean, I did the one because we had a propane. Yeah. We had a propane furnace at the time, and I did the carbon monoxide, or the. Yep. That's what they are, anyways. But yeah. They, and they're they're combo, which is nice. Which a lot of the newer smoke detectors are combos, now, right? Aren't they? And all of my my the eleven that I have, they're all hardwired, and they have a hardwired and a battery version, which. Right. You know, they're the same price, thankfully, I think. I think they're the same price. Um, but I just, yeah, I just don't want to spend $1,100 on them. Yeah. But can't put a price on safety. Just start doing no. one a month. Yeah, also, that's true. Also, yeah. I... Uh, I might need to start doing that. During my fire inspection, he was like, oh, you have you have uh, fire, fire extinguishers, right? And I was like, yeah. Uh, 2017 <laughs> tag on it. It was like, uh, you need to get some new ones. How long, like, how long are they good for they're only good for a year. The it, smoke detectors? No. Oh, uh, fire extinguishers. Fire extinguishers. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. If you read the 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 labels, even on if them? it says it's charged and mm-hmm. everything, well, mine are two years old. I'm not replacing. Yeah. Because <laughs> I have one down here in the furnace room. I have one underneath the kitchen sink. One in the laundry room, which is where in the middle of kind of where the bedrooms are, and then I put the one in the garage. I I have three in the barn now. Do you? After my incident. Oh, from the... Uh, golf cart. The golf cart. Yeah. And four PBRs later. <laughs> um, <laughs> anything else you wanted to talk about since the last podcast? Anything exciting been going on? I mean, I think we kind of covered it, didn't ba- we? Yeah, the basement's almost finished. Anything else for you, Matt? No, I don't think so. I see, I see you thinking. I'm always thinking. <laughs> Cheers yeah, I mean, you got you got what some some painting to do, and that's it. Yeah, it's some a trim, bit of drop trim, trim paint, drop ceiling. Yeah, this is really good. And the um, railing for the stairs. So I gave this a four and a half. What do you guys think? For what it is, oh, it's a four and a half all yeah. day long. Easy. And I'm not usually a a brown ale, right? Yep. And here's yep. and here's yeah. the problem because yeah. they're usually too thin for me. I wish. We would have had the foresight when they start first started doing this to set some back. Like, yeah, so we you can know, do the I'm, I'm kind of upset that we're going to drink that one. Well, well then don't drink it. Don't, no, 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 no. Don't. But I want to drink but it. But we don't have every year, though. Either, right, but so we don't have every year, though. I think I got the last three years. Oh, I think I've got every year they've barrel-aged them, but not the regular ones. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Live and learn. First, but first world problems. You can't, you can't have something nice and not drink it. Yeah, especially since that's in a can, we probably don't want to let it get too old. Right. It might even be bad now. Nah. <laughs> find out. Was that one in the barn? No. Okay, that's good. No. From orbitalreef.com, we are going to be talking about uh, 
course, Orbital Reef. So this this has kind of blew my mind. Like th- I seen this maybe a day or two after the last podcast, and I like stuck it in there right away because I was like, this is so cool. Um, I'm not going to play the video because you turn the sound back down. Yeah. But if you go out here, you can uh, play this video, and it kind of walks through. Um, let me just pause it so, and I can kind of um, – I just wanted to show. There was like a couple parts, but – it, it it's mostly 3D animated because it doesn't exist right now. So there's just different um, investors and people that, you know, the partners that are involved in it. Um, let me see if I can find the actual graphic. I'm probably just skipping right over it. Yeah, I must have missed it. But anyway, um, oh, there's a little part of it. But it's it's like it's completely modular and everything. Um here, let me talk about this first section, Matt, and um, I think I know what you're going to ask. But So Orbital Reef will be the premier mixed-use space station in low-Earth low Earth orbit for commerce, research, and tourism by the end of this decade. Um, and then it goes on to say, um, so uh, designed for use cases and ideas never before possible, um, it will unlock... Uh, Orbital Reef unlocks LEO, low Earth orbit, by reducing costs and complexity for new kinds of customers. Uh, they are going to provide end-to-end services. So they're going to do, so it says standard interfaces, technical support, uh, space flight for the space flight novices. So they're going to do the planning, the payload, the deployment, or the development, the training, the transportation, data analysis, and the security for your people or payloads or both. So they're kind of just like building this um the the uh, architecture and the infrastructure and uh they're gonna they're gonna do all the like the logistical things and so basically you sign up like as a company or even individual i guess if you have the money um and then you can buy your own part of this space station basically your own module or modules or whatever you want it to be like it doesn't say in here at least i didn't see it like about how big it could get or if there well, is even it, a it did say somewhere in there it said very spacious yeah corridors and, and but i just everything. didn't know like if you have a hundred different companies that want well, a module like how big can this thing actually be well it can be huge because uh, they were talking about now. a hotel yeah and but also these modules you think about it they have to be i mean they have to fit inside of a of some kind of space launch vehicle and it talks about the people that are going to be doing it which SpaceX has nothing to do with this right now. And, I don't, you know, that could be, I don't know why, if there's a specific reason or if they just don't care about this. But, um, but uh, yeah, they talk about all the different kinds of modules and things like that. But, I mean, they there's going to be a maximum size that each one can be just because it can't fit in the rocket or whatever. Yeah, but pieces can fit. And yeah. Then, and I was then thinking, like, diameter-wise, there would be a maximum. Yeah, but, but I mean, look at, look at the Falcon Heavy. Even though this yeah. is totally different, but you know, there's probably something in Bezos's back pocket that that hasn't reached, you know, anything yet. But if um, you scroll down farther into this, they were showing like yeah, they an showed the outdoor. No, it was like a a, like a, a remote controlled like robot yeah, that was like, like a, a personal uh, pers- personal uh, space vehicle, yeah. right? That they could put things together with. I mean, it was just. What were you going to say, Matt? I thought you were going to ask a question. I was going to ask a question. What? The first time I saw this is when I went to review the show notes. Oh, earlier. Why? Why? Why is this not in? It was in our Slack, wasn't it? 
Well, yeah, I shared it, but that was almost two weeks ago. So maybe you probably just didn't have time to look at or it. Or yeah, I probably didn't uh, look at it. Or yeah, I shared it literally. It might have been the day after that Saturday or yeah. something. Um, but yeah, I shared it. It was really f- close to the last podcast. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, where did? The- yeah, I don't even remember where I saw it or or, or why I saw it. But I was I'm like, how, did, how did because, we not hear about this before? Because that would be awesome. I mean, because yeah, and 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 you saying that. Um, SpaceX or Elon, yeah, you know this probably in his wheelhouse because there's yeah, he's two, not really worried about. There's two different things. Bezos is money, yeah, and Elon is Mars. Yeah, it's true. So totally different because this is spectrum. definitely money. This is like, money, yes, yeah. and and. And Elon just wants to get to the moon and then get to Mars. And me personally, he's just trying to go home, guys. <laughs> ET phone home. But me personally, I, I, my dream vacation would be on the moon. I mean, there's been many books I've listened to or read. Yeah, some of those audio books. Yeah, audio books like Artemis and and everything. And that, yeah. I mean, just be super cool. Looking at the moon, you know, the past few times that we had full moons, it's just like I might see that in my lifetime. Yeah, we might be there. I mean, I think it would be cool to do something like this if it ever became feasible for the average person, you right. know, to go up there. But and I think maybe eventually it will. I just, you know, who knows if it well, will be in our lifetime? Did it's you, you can did you afford. see the? Was it Tom Hanks? Or Bezos offered some big celebrity, all to go up to go up, and he was like, "I'm not paying that kind of money to yeah. go up for three minutes." Yeah, because eventually it's going to be way cheaper. But, right? You know, maybe maybe ten years or whatever. So when we talked about this, oh, we were talking about Slack, the si- yeah, we were talking about the sizes. This of was the, the 25th. That's uh, when we talked about yeah. this because they didn't have the super heavy in there, right? Well, you said no starship or starship. The starship wasn't in there. The super so, heavy was, but not the starship. Yeah, the Falcon. Ha- so. The Falcon Heavy, yeah, not the Super Heavy. I'm so, sorry. is is the Heavy the one they've been flying already, or is that the one so they're the, doing now? The the Falcon Heavy is the one. I think they've only flown that one once or twice when they had a big enough payload to need it. Oh, and I think Starship is the is the uh, Super Heavy. Oh, okay. Because it's a totally separate rocket, okay. and it's even bigger. And I think it's bigger than. Because the, in the I think article, it's bigger than all of those. Yeah, because it's what, just not on there. What, what was in that article, um, or that you shared? Because I, I Cause said, well, how couple, are you going to get was, this stuff up there? Yeah, that that one was a couple years old. And then old, you shared Blue Origin's New Glen. The New Glen, yeah, and they talk about that in this. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it says this: it'll be commercially developed, owned, and operated. Um, Orbital Reef will open doors to new markets and catalyze the growth of, vi- of a vibrant space ecosystem. Uh, it provides an address on orbit, so not in orbit, on orbit, for use, lease, or ownership that is international and open to all. So they keep talking about, like, you can buy your address in space. Like, I don't know so, what that address would be, but... Um, I think Darren just got a little, <laughs> a little hard over there. <laughs> so we have laws and rules in the United States and other places, right? Okay. When you're in international in waters, the international law, there, there, there is maybe? there is no space law. Basically, 
rules or regu- regulations. Yeah, that's a good point. G- gambling, prostitution, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So who... Who's going to make the yeah, laws? I mean, are we going to have some space cops up there? You know, it's like... <laughs> yeah, because if somebody does something weird up there, you could kill everybody. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, a, and, and you know, you say that, and then Artemis... Yeah, you, you got to have security. The book Artemis, I mean... Yeah, you got to have security. You got to have some kind of det- detention facility if somebody does something silly. I mean, I yeah, mean how's what, that going to be handled? What's that, What's that? Uh, like, in almost any sci-fi space movie where people get space dementia or whatever and yeah, go crazy? Go crazy. And, what, yeah. what was Armageddon when when Steve Buscemi's like? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, are you yeah, with me? They, yeah, they don't talk it's about been a that. While. But, um, yeah, and it says introduces a new type of space architecture. So the spacious modules with large Earth-facing windows let your let you take in the beauty of the planet and experience the thrill of weightlessness. Can you imagine? I think it would be cool. I like. I just I just want somebody to go up there and start filming this stuff so we can see it. Um, I mean, they said that by the end of the the decade, so well, nine years. Go, go to NASA's thing and watch. The- yeah, I know, but I mean, like this to me seems like it's going to be like space station times ten or whatever. Yeah. Um, distinct quarters for living and working, and large hatches make a safe, sensible, and inspiring inspiring environment. You will find habitation amenities for any length of visit within our orbital community, supported by medical care and recreational opportunities, but. It, it's 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 weird they didn't say anything about security, but I'm sure they've got to be thinking about that, right? Well, yeah, I mean, so there's that little yeah. space vehicle. So it's a, uh, um, the it says the the research facilities will be equipped to accelerate future discoveries and development of new industries, uh, seamless logistics, advanced robotics, and the single person spacecraft make operations and excursions routine. The Dream Chaser space plane, uh, Starliner spacecraft. And New Glenn launch system provide the backbone of cost-effective transportation. So, them naming it Glenn, like John. Yeah, yeah. It's because the, it's their it's the whole space. I think that's it's NASA's, isn't it? Their new launch system. They're kind of they're trying to emulate because what, what was their SpaceX and uh, New Origin are doing? What was New Origin's the Shepard? Yeah, Shepard. So, <clears throat> so that was. You know, a, a I'm not hats, sure who, who makes to... Starliner. I think it's Boeing. I think Starliner is Boeing. The Dream Chaser space plane. I'm not sure who makes that either. Yeah, it says limitless horizons, the freedom of microgravity, the vacuum of space, and overflying all of Earth's mid latitudes offer unique commercial opportunities for a breathtaking range of applications in new markets, like media, entertainment, and manufacturing. I liked I liked how they said. Uh, in this article about uh, having like super fast internet connection. Yeah, it says whether because, filmmaking. Because think about it, they're going low Earth orbit. Where, yeah. where, what? What's the name of their satellite? Whose satellite? Amazon's. Oh, uh, Kepler. 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 Which aren't even up there yet. Right. So yeah, will but they? Will be, they? I wonder they'll if they'll use that. In the or, same, yeah. Uh, yeah, it says whether filmmaking and microgravity, opening a space hotel, hotel or conducting cutting-edge research, Orbital Reef will lease locations at scale to fit your vision. We sell only the utilities and services you need to sustain your business, so power, cooling, high bandwidth communication, information, and physical security. So I guess that's in there. Uh, robotic servicing, technical or technician attention, stowage, and logistics. So it's like 
It's like they're it's like it's like a big hotel and they're just gonna be doing all the services so, and everything and then you're just kind of you know renting or leasing or whatever. How how Part much how much do you think you get paid to be a maintenance man <laughs> on this? I don't know, man. I don't know. That's Not crazy. enough. <laughs> Not enough. I, I'd do it. I'd do it for what I make right now. No way. Just yeah. to go up there. Just no. to be up there, yes. In no. a heartbeat. And it just for the experience. Mm-hmm. For how long? Year, two years. Yeah, I'd say you wouldn't want to be up there. I mean, we don't know, like, mm. we don't know what the effects would be if you were up there for a super long time. Well, so I'm not mowing your grass ex- at six <laughs> inches. That it's getting cut at like four and a half. So you're gonna have to deal with it. <laughs> uh, I would, I would see it from space, <laughs> and I would, I would cuss you. <laughs> so it says everything. It will pro- provide everything researchers need for fundamental science and applications development. Experimental accommodations inside and outside, uh, a spacious laboratory equipped with next generation shared facilities, uh, technician time, proprietary provisions, even dedicated closed hatch modules, whether for physical, biological, or earth science, for new product development, or for testing exploration systems. You'll find it easier than ever to do your work in orbit. I mean, like, it makes sense. We need something like this, this? because right now, if you want to do anything like that, you have to go through NASA mm-hmm. or some kind of government agency. But this is a. Science fiction nerds, <laughs> wet dream, wet dream. Yeah, yeah I mean because, sure. I mean all this is just, just. Yeah, I'm 44. It's like a sci-fi movie. We're but, coming to, but coming just, real. just even like this. Yeah. Growing up with Dick Tracy. Well, t- 15 years ago, did you think we were going to no, do something like that? No, and and now I can do everything that Dick Tracy did on my watch, and it's real. It's, I mean, it's real. It's just, it's just. It says, um, we craft flight plans, training, and activities to make your adventure to a new level, whether for a short visit or a longer stay. And it says you will see 16 vibrant sunrises and sunsets a day while flying over all of humanity. Can you imagine? (laughs) I would love it. Maybe maybe we'll get lucky, man. Maybe It looks good. That'll be our death wish. Maybe we have our death wish right here. <laughs> so here's all the kind of the partners. So you got Blue Origin, Sierra Space. So they must that must be one of those other ones that we didn't realize. Uh, Boeing, Redwire, Genesis Engineering, ASU, which I'm not sure who that is. Arizona State University. Okay. Uh, so Blue Origin and Sierra Space will deliver Orbital Reef in this decade. So they're going right. to be the ones. So they're going to be. What's so, in the bottom? Ooh. Got some floaties. I don't know. I'll taste them. Is that the winter spice? Or it it's uh, or it's alien DNA. Um, yeah. So Blue Origin Sierra Space will deliver orbital reef in this decade. So they'll be the ones, I guess, doing stuff in the beginning. It's not as creamy as it was. So, um, and it says reserve your your space. In so orbit. I I actually clicked on that. Yeah. So I, I did too. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it doesn't have a price. No, I can't not. afford it. So you got to put your information in here. Um, and it says, did you see the topics? Yeah. So it says, uh, <laughs> connect with sales, become an investor, become a supplier. Yeah. So, um, and then you could put like your comments and stuff in here. Wonder so. how many trolls are absolutely just. Spamming them, spamming the crap out of that. I don't know. I, I thought it was pretty cool. Like I, had, like, where did this? Like, it came from nowhere. I, 
it's probably been out there. We just never came across it for whatever reason. I know. And, and but why isn't something <laughs> like this mainstream? More people talking about more it. More people yeah. talking about it. Because, I mean, what? we stay connected in this stuff. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff that we just don't ever see. I think, unfortunately, a lot of the press, or m- probably most of the press that they get, is all about billionaires in space and the billionaire space race when it's, yes, it is some to some degree it's that for Bezos and Branson and maybe some others. And Elon just doesn't care about, I shouldn't say he doesn't care. He's not paying. He doesn't have a PR department for that reason. Like he does not pay people for PR. Yeah. Next we have from Tom's guide.com. They are talking about iPhone 14 killer upgrade report uh, reportedly in jeopardy. So this is just slightly clickbaity, in yeah. my opinion. What? It is. Um, it is definitely clickbaity. <laughs> I love it though. But it says iPhone 14 may not feature next generation chips. So when you get into it, it makes complete sense, I think. Right. But um, so what it's saying is basically each generation of iPhone usually brings it like a major hardware bump as far as computational performance because um, they they either introduce a new chip or like. The 12 and 13 are the same chip, but we got all new camera systems. Right, and 13. New yeah. batteries. Um, but what they're saying is, uh, in this report from the information, which uh, they're just reporting on that from Tom's Guide, uh, the reporter Wayne Ma suggests that Taiwan semiconductor manufacturer company, TSMC, is having production challenges making a new 3-nanometer chip. So right now the iPhones are using a 5-nanometer and the next version would be the three nanometer. So that's so is, is that's what confused me about when I was reading this. Um, so is it like wire sizes when they go down, they actually go up? Uh, what do you mean? So up, up what? So because oh, a, larger? a five a five nanometer is larger than three nanometer, right? Yes. So it, it, but, they're, they're shrinking the size of the size of the chip. Okay. Um, they're syncing the transistor size. Okay. So they can fit the sa- more transistors in the same space. I got you. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. So the transistor size, the actual, the the chip components, the, the I mean, we, we were talking about the, was it the M1? It was like 57 or the max or it was like 57 billion transistors or whatever. So in order to, the only way to get more performance is to put more transistors in a chip. And you don't really want to make the chip bigger per se, which in in mobile devices anyway. Right. Like on the PC side, like AMD made their their Ryzen chip is way bigger than their old chip because it has a it's just a bigger chip, but there's more transistors in that chip. Um, the new uh, Intel twelfth gen chips just came out. They're like an oblong shape. They're longer or taller than they are wider. And traditionally, most Intel chips have been almost a square. Right. That's because the new chip architecture, they've got different kinds of cores. And so they had to make it bigger because they're putting more stuff on that die. Um, but as far as phones go, you know, they're, you want to have less and less space for the actual arc, the micro architecture, the chips and things. That makes sense. So that you can have as much room for the battery as possible. Um, so in order for them to fit or in order for them to make the pro- the processor better they have to fit more transistors in a smaller either in the same or smaller phase that makes makes sense so in order to do that they have to keep shrinking the fabrication process down further and further 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 um so 
currently the the iPhone 12 and 13 are on five nanometer. So to make that next leap, which they were thinking was going to happen with the 14, that's when they were going to go to three nanometer. And what they're saying basically is they may not be able to achieve that in time. So we may see something like an iPhone 13 S because there isn't enough of a leap technology wise to call it a 14 per se. Now we don't, this well, is all I'm, speculation. Like they, I'm, this is not something they're saying that they have inside information on other than saying that they're, they still haven't made a three nanometer chip that they've yeah. made public. Yet. I'm, I'm surprised they went to the 13 and from 12 to 13. Oh, and I so, mean, there was, I think there was enough of a change because of the, the display, the display went to 120 hertz. Right. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the camera system was all new, bigger battery. Yeah. Uh, ProRes. ProRes. I think there was enough. Change in the notch. The, the notch. Yeah, the notch is small. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, but people that complain about the notch, I've, I've never ran into a problem with my notch. I haven't either. You get used to even it. On my, even on my 11. You get used to it. And I think everybody's, almost every phone has one now. But I tell you what. That ProRes, whoo. Yeah. Well, and another thing with the three nanometer is because the smaller it gets, the less power it can it could potentially use. So it makes it more power efficient. I got you. Um, it says the jump from five to three is huge. So it's not entirely surprising that they're having a problem getting to three nanometers. Uh, it's cutting edge tech. Um, so it's likely that TSMC will be the first out of the gate with a three nanometer chip, beating Intel and Qualcomm to the punch. Um, it says this could mean that next year's iPhone 14 may not see the performance bump that people are hoping for, and it could be an opportunity for Apple to release an iPhone 13s or Mark 2022's phone as a more incremental upgrade, so that they have more time to get to um, the third, the three nanometer. So, and like I said, this is all speculation; they don't know for sure. But if that happen, if we see the, if if we don't see a 14, we see this 3s instead or whatever. And it still stays five nanometer. This is probably why. I don't know what I'm going to do. You won't be able to upgrade every year. I won't be able to upgrade. <laughs> you well, could. You, it just may not no, be a, a huge deal. No, because it's already been confirmed that the Pro 14 or or whatever they're going to call it is going to have a titanium ring around it. For what? Instead of the stainless steel, or that make because it they can. Or, yeah. I think that one, there was like another, like right at the end of this, it was a, a pretty interesting tidbit. It says they were talking about the supply strain, supply mm-hmm. constraints, you know, caused by the pandemic, you know, talking about how like it's hard to get like a PS5 or, or an Xbox, you know, just a lot of these things because it's the chips that you can't get enough of. And it says one of the things that Apple's doing, um, they're slashing how many iPads they make to keep up with the iPhone 13 demand because it's so high. Because it's the same chip. Because mm-hmm. hmm. it's still using the uh, A15, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, that was cool. I thought the iPads are using M1s now. I think... Uh, the, the new ones are. The, new one, the pros are. The pros, not the yeah. regular okay. ones. The mini and the normal ones are still were, using But they the were talking A15. about in Mac rumors that, that they were going to start doing the... Uh, regular iPads with the M1 sure, since well, they came out with may, the new... Maybe, maybe it's because they can get those... Um, they can make those, you know, where they can't get the, because uh, mm-hmm. it's their silicone. I mean, the A15 is theirs too, but maybe they can get the M1s easier. I don't know. From Ford.com, the future of custom vehicles. Ford unveils all-electric F100 illuminator concept with new EV crate motor. Customers can now buy. 
The crate motor, not the, not the truck, unfortunately. Yes. So SEMA was this week, so it was November 2nd through November 5th. Today is Friday, November 5th, so this was the last day of it. Uh, this was, you know, they had this there. They were showing it off. They, there's actually videos and pictures of it out on a track. Um, it's super cool looking. Uh, here's uh, some of the some of the photos, some of the stills. Let me show it. And what's actually, it, what's it built screen, off of again for people a, that are just listening to this? Yeah, so it's an F100 body. And then it was a custom chassis that was – and it's in the notes uh, um, that the, this company that Ford worked with that helped – they made the custom chassis to fit on this body. But it's using uh, – we can get into the details. It's using one of the uh, upcoming Mach-E GT, Mustang Mach-E GT performance uh, uh, motors and, pow- and batteries and things like that. Yeah, because a couple episodes ago we, we covered the crate, the performance yep. crate – Electric motor, and now you can actually buy it. Now you and, can actually buy and, it, and they're using one of those in this. Um, so yeah, like I said, this is a concept, so we'll probably never see this commercially available. But yeah, but still, but you could have companies like the ones that help make this. They could probably make these in one off them, but they're going to be super expensive. Well, I mean, think about it. just just go out and find yourself a find an F one hundred and F one hundred. I think that's the that, custom, that's what they were getting at with this, and we, we'll talk about that in a little more detail in the article, but. Because they're rele- they they're releasing the motor, but they're there and they're going to probably release other components of the drivetrain and maybe even some of the controls and things like that, uh, and the batteries. So hopefully we'll be able to to build something like yeah. this if you wanted to from whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because yeah, that's that's, cool that's your hardest hardest part is your your battery ma- battery management system, you know, and yeah, because that one guy train. we follow on TikTok, that's what he's having a lot of problems with is like. Yeah, because he burned up that one controller already. Where, where are you going to get that soft? You got to have the software. I mean, like, unless you know how to do that stuff, it can be, it can be difficult. Here's some more. Let me go to the, the main page here, or the main picture page rather. Get some more of the pics. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously they modded this to be able to put the charging door and stuff in. That's it. so awesome. Or was that where the gas tank door? That's was? where the gas tank door was. It no, no, it was no, in no. the back, wasn't it? It was. It was on the bedside. Okay, so they obviously had to change that. And then, and this is this looking. It's look. This looks like a standard Ford like Mach-E charger that they have already. Um, in the video, it shows them actually plugging it in. So, and here's the frunk. So they've got like a little glass cutout where you can see some of the components. Um, then they actually have a little storage compartment in front of that. There you go. There's a little frunk, little little baby frunk. There's a. I think this is with the covers off. That's so clean. I yeah. think their color scheme just just is what did it for yeah, me. Yeah, it's like this. that gray with the uh, copper mm-hmm. accent. Um, it's super cool looking. I really like the interior. I mean, yeah. it's just it's like it's it's very minimalist, like a Tesla or something but, like but that. But then they have like the retro. Yeah, they uh, still got the. Yeah, they plaid. still got the original dash. They just made. They've, like the 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 LCD above the the steering wheel looks like it may be custom, and then they've got the 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 center dash console looks like the same one they have in the Mach E, and then they're and then the ones we've seen from like the F one fifty Lightning uh, pictures so far it looks similar to that as well. Here's like the other view. It's got the little dial on it like we've seen in some of the other Ford electric vehicles. Um, yeah, and I think, yeah, it's got the charge indicator. Uh, I don't know what else, if that shows anything else or if it's just the charge indicator. Well, it showed the uh, um, direction. The direction, the compass. too. And then there's, like, another, I guess that's the shifter there. <clears throat> and some of the other controls, like maybe it's, like, hazards and some other stuff. I wonder if they made the windows power in it. That would be cool. I'm sure they did. Seats. Uh, but the, um, 
The stance is perfect. I know. It's yeah. just lowered just <laughs> enough. The right wheel well gap. Yep. Right offset. They've got a here's they've got some shots of the uh the motor too, but I'll just show the uh the video for it because it's a little more interesting. For whatever reason, I don't know if it's on purpose, but these these don't have any audio. Um and you can actually download these as well. Um and I even tried to download them, but the uh the audio there's just no audio. For whatever reason. I think these are just promotional like B roll type stuff. They probably had showing in the background at the SEMA, their SEMA booth. But uh yeah, there's there is no there is no audio. It's amazing. And then they've got the uh, kind of the B roll for the the truck as well. Like like Matt, you said this opening shot is just it's pretty cool. It probably stuck a GoPro under there or something. Yeah, so the chassis and everything mm. was custom built for this body because it's you know all electric powertrain. That thing's getting it. Yeah, but it rides nice too. <laughs> That truck, that truck never ran like that back in the day. No. Hey, look at those panel gaps. are perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry, that was a little poke. <laughs> it's better than our cars. Yeah, that's that's what cool. I was poking Look at that rear. Yeah. Man, and there's the sub port. Oh, it's pushed open? What the heck? Yep. Got a little plunger. And then there's the the frunk. Just Actually, a concept. when they just showed that frunk again with that, plug, uh, so you have your windshield wiper fluid in the upper left, or no? It's a that's some kind of coolant, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it looks like it's some kind oh. of just just cover, maybe at the air intake for the interior or something. I'm just thinking like, how do you fill <clears> that <throat> stuff up without taking all that off? But I guess you don't need to. I just thought that was great. Like, so here's like the little. There's like the whatever the cooling radiator is. You got those little vents that open where the around the license plate because the regular radiator's all closed off. The grill, rather. So if you go back to the if mm. nope what <laughs> above that radiator that opened, mm -hmm. there was a camera there. Probably yeah. Probably, I think it probably would like have, a I don't front know. collision camera or something maybe know. or just You're a, thinking a concept a sensor that, or maybe. Probably a sensor or something for. I thought. I thought some of the. I thought the newer F one fifties had a front camera on it. I'm sure they do. Just the, plat I, I the think freaking would, platinum or isn't King it, Ranch or above. Is it actually in the down below like that, or is it up behind the? No, it's, it's rear low. Rear it's rear. It's low. Is it? Yeah. It's super cool looking. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to have one. That'd be so cool. I would drive it. Um, but getting into some of the details, so. Uh, you know, this is a concept truck showcasing the benefits of electric propulsion. It's using a 2021 Mustang Mach-E GT performance edition battery, electric powertrain, and twin front and rear traction motors. So it's got four motors. Four motors, That yeah. produce a combined 480 horsepower at 635 foot-pounds uh, foot of torque. Um, it says now available to purchase online or a local dealer through Ford Performance Parts of the motor, not the truck. Um, and the Illuminator electric crate motor from the Mustang, from the Mustang Mach E GT Performance Edition, produces 281 horsepower and 317 foot-pounds of torque. Um, that's the one you can purchase. That's that's the, the one that, and it's like $3,900, I think, is what it says down here. Um, you know, like I said, this was this was on Tuesday, this uh, November second, at the first day of SEMA. So yeah, but are you going to build your own special code and everything? Well, I think, I mean, that's the problem. Yeah, that's and they talk about this. Um, Later on is like uh, 
when are they going to have like a whole kit that you can use, right? So this is based on the Heritage 1978 1978 F100 pickup. Uh, it features all-wheel drive via two powerful electric motors shared. And it said four, but shared with the 2020 electric Mustang Mach-E GT Performance Edition. It says two electric traction motors drive the front and rear wheels. Okay, so there's just one on each uh, axle then. And then packing 480 horsepower, like I've already said. Um, and then uh, in collaboration with MLE Race Cars. And it sits on a custom chassis by the Roadster Shop. So I don't know who those are, those guys are, but they did a pretty awesome job. Uh, Avalanche Gray with, uh, is it Cerakote Copper? Is that one? I don't know if that's how you say that or not. Accents. Upholstery by MDM Upholstery. And fitted with custom 19 by 10 inch billet aluminum three piece wheels by. Forge line wrapped in Michelin Latitude Sport 275 by 45. Yeah, those were cheap. That's a good size tire. Yeah. It's not those bad. Those forge lines are not cheap. Right, yeah. And it says globally, um, the vehicle performance parts uh, and accessories industry generates about $50 billion annually. That covers hardware for everything from hot rods to off road vehicles and from mobile electronics to vehicle accessories. So, this, I mean, they're getting into this game super early because no one else is doing aftermarket type parts for electric vehicles yet so they're going to be i mean unless the first you're getting ones. into i mean if you follow some of the the people i'm like sure the yeah there's like really small shops yeah right they're out but in i California guess like the big the big the big uh manufacturers, manufacturers are not yes and this could be something that is a big deal for them because i'm sure there's a lot of people out there who would love to buy this stuff and put it in older older vehicles oh yeah i mean can can you imagine i mean it would be like sacrilege, but yeah, making an Eleanor out of all electric. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, hmm. it, so the part number is the M dash 9000 dash mock dash E crate motor, and it's now available through authorized Ford parts warehouse dealers or online at Ford Performance Parts. It retails for $3,900. It's targeted for builders looking for a transverse oriented powertrain to electrify a range of vehicles. From modern to vintage cars, trucks, and SUVs. Um, over time, Ford Performance plans to develop a wider list of components for the Illuminator powertrain. Uh, with some of the leading performance manufacturers, include battery systems, controllers, and traction inverters to close the loop on full turnkey aftermarket electrification solutions. So that's that's going to be. Yeah. I guess I guess it really wouldn't be that difficult. I mean, it's just an electric motor. So if you wanted to get you know down and dirty with it. It's basically on off. Yeah. On off. Yeah. I mean, so you could like But if you wanted to be Can you imagine to, like building your own little dragster? Yeah, but I'm that, sure they had a lot of other things because they why would they have that touch screen? Like they wanted to be able to control like lights and things like that. Yeah, but I'm thinking of the race because it's oh, from yeah. Ford Performance. Yeah. The the race aspect of it, like like I say, I have like a junior dragster I want to put my child in. Mm-hmm. And slap that son of a gun in there. I mean, well, they also said they did a demonstration for the the Mustang Cobra Jet fourteen hundred. Remember that thing? Mm-hmm. I guess they were showing that off again at SEMA, but I haven't seen any video or anything of it. Um, and it says uh, this past weekend, Ford's Mustang Cobra Jet fourteen hundred, an electric powered exhibition exhibition drag, dragster, uh, prepared by Ford Performance and MLE Race Cars 
demonstrated its quickness at the NHRA Nationals in Las Vegas. So I have, we'll have to go see if we can find some new footage of that because that thing was wicked. Mm-hmm. From cleantechnica.com, they have – what is this? There it goes. It's, so the title is Solid State Batteries Are Coming. Solid State Batteries Are Coming. What is that? Uh, Solid State Batteries. Is that uh, Wizard of Oz? What is that? They keep saying the same Follow thing. Follow the Yellow Brick Road. Yeah. Follow, Follow the, the Yellow Brick Road. Road. Solid State Batteries Are Coming. So here's a, here's a picture of, um, I guess, Factorial. This is one of the ones they talk about in here. But basically what they're saying is, you know, there's a lot of companies working on solid state battery technology. Uh, we know at some point that's going to be the next generation of battery technology. It's the, it's a matter of when are we actually going to get there. So what is a solid state battery? Battery. What does that even mean? Um, and I'm like, <laughs> I kind of took offense to this. It says for older people, it takes us back to the days when transistors <laughs> tube, yeah, replaced vacuum tubes. Hey, I remember that. Um, a development that led inexorably to the digital revolution. So... Yeah, we had cassette tapes and but, floppy disks and. But have you seen the new turn? The new turn. Yeah, some of these high high end, like uh, stereos. Stereos and stuff. are going back to tube. Yeah, because big were cycle clean yeah. energy. Today it refers to the stuff that goes between the anode and the cathode of a battery cell. That stuff is where the electrical charge is stored. And while various manufacturers have their own recipe for stiff, virtually all of it contains volatile solvents that make it into a semi-liquid paste, similar in appearance and texture to fig jam. Mm, fig, fig jam. Did what we have something down on a charcuterie board? You like it, don't you? Oh, my God. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> so we just, uh, for those that, if you're just joining or joining in later, if you're watching this on a highlight, we uh, one of the beers we're drinking tonight is a barrel-aged Esther's Little Secret. Uh, what was the profile on that, Matt? The chocolate almond bark brown ale, yeah. aged in some bourbon barrels. Yeah. I, I knew Darren would like it. Yeah, that I am not a bourbon aged person because <sighs> I like my bourbon and I like my beer, but I don't like them together. But because it's always too sweet, this is the perfect. nose is amazing. Yeah, try if you not taste it yet, no. yeah, try it with one of those dark chocolates. Um. So it says that paste contains lithium, which under some circumstances can form sharp spikes of metal called dendrites. That's where you get into problems because those spikes can cause a short circuit inside of a cell, which leads to overheating and even fires. If it gets hot enough, uh, it, it ignites and it can cause the nearby cells to overheat and ignite before you know it. Full scale, thermal, everything's on fire. Uh, which is a polite way of saying a really, really big fire. Uh, Solid-state technology eliminates that semi-liquid paste and replaces it with a solid substance. There are dozens, if not hundreds, of ideas about what that substance should be. That's where all of these different technologies are coming into play. But the benefit is that 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 no dendrites and no fires, because it's a solid-state material. Uh, Improvements in this energy, also improvements in energy density and battery life are expected from the technology. So looking at that, isn't that what the GM Altium is um, comprised of? Were those solid state? No, but I thought Altium? they were like ginormous They're just bigger, cell phone batteries. Big, they're like, and I thought they were solid state, weren't they? Or maybe they weren't. I don't think they're solid state. Well, I think it's just that their form factor, maybe they're not using a cylindrical cell. They're using gotcha. the, the flat pack cells or whatever they're calling them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so two of the big players that the that this article is speaking about are 
uh, solid power in SK innovation. Uh, we were talking about SK on the Slack when I think when you were sharing this. And SK is a was it a Korean company? Is that what I said it was? They're like a big yeah, I think so. Chemical like oil refiner. They do a lot of oil refining and and chemical processing for oil based products, petroleum petroleum based products. But they're getting more and more into battery technology, not the technology so not to technology in in and of itself, but the manufacturing of it. So they're partnering with like these companies that are developing the technology so that they can produce it as they should. Yeah. And I mean, that's, they have to be like, somebody is obviously seeing that this is where it's going. Right. And I would hope that the, as an industry, the petroleum industry is seeing this and they're making those investments to stay relevant. Because if not, you're not going to be around in the next 20 years. my, My big question is, what the hell happened to Maxwell Technologies? Mm. Well, didn't Tesla buy them? Yeah. I think they just integrated them in. I, I understand that. But we have mm. not heard any, and I, my, that should have been flip-flop for me. You think so? The milk chocolate would have enhanced that more than the dark chocolate. Or But on... I mean that that was big big news what a year ago year yeah. and a half ago yeah. yeah and now here here we are episode thirty six and yeah, nothing else on it and we're talking about solid state batteries again and nothing from Maxwell Technologies at all yeah I think um thank you I think whenever Tesla comes out with their solid state tech it'll be a part of that we just don't know when that's going to happen. I mean, well, I they're, mean, they're worried but, about moving to the forty six eighty. Yeah, but that, right that's now. that's that's my whole problem with the whole thing. But maybe maybe there's some Maxwell tech in that forty six eighty. Maybe the whole tabless yeah. part of the battery. True. Getting getting rid of the the cobalt, right? I think it's yeah. the cobalt. I mean, I'm sure that they and going to sodium, isn't it? Isn't it yeah. sodium? Yeah. Silicon, silica, or silicon. Yeah. Um. It says, this week, Solid Power and SK Innovations announced a new partnership to manufacture solid-state batteries for vehicles using Solid Power's sulfide-based solid electrolyte, proprietary cell designs, and production processes. The partnership is designed to validate that Solid Power's and or solid powers all solid-state production processes are scalable and, and this is what I thought was you know, more important, compatible with the existing lithium-ion production technology so they don't have to like retool these whole lines, right? And it says, uh, readers may recall that Ford and BMW have previously begun working with Solid Power. And it is interesting that SK Innovation will be the battery supplier for Ford when it builds its new production facilities for the second generation F-150 Lightning pickup truck near Memphis, Tennessee, and the one in Kentucky too, right? Yep. Um, Could the Lightning be the first mass-produced electric vehicle to use solid-state batteries? That would be cool. Um, for now, they're talking about the development, validation, and production qualifications. So, again, probably still early. Uh, moving it from the lab into large-scale production is always slow. Um, and then, you know, of course, testing and certification has to be done. They expect the batteries will be safer, provide longer range, and cost less than the traditional lithium-ion batteries that we use today. Um, part of the partnership, uh, Solid Power intends to license its technology, uh, manufacturing know-how, and practices to SK Innovation to enable full integration of the company's sulfide-based solid 
electrolyte materials, and the company cell designs into SK Innovations existing cell production equipment. So it's a good partnership. It makes sense. It is a very good partnership. This will provide the framework so that they can jointly develop and industrialize their high-content silicon all-solid-state battery cells as part of Solid Power's current technology development roadmap, said Derek Johnson, Chief Operating Officer at Solar Power, at Solid Power, rather. Uh, to successfully develop and launch our cell products, we follow the standard automotive APQP process, uh, which will ensure our cell design meets automotive partner specifications, the highest quality standards, and manufacturing at high rates with high yields, of course. The ability to quickly transfer production know-how and cell designs to a partner with lithium-ion production at gigawatt scale saves on capital expense in line with Silent Power's capital line business model. They expect to generate a small amount of revenue from both research and development and from the sale of electrolyte samples beginning in 2022. Mm. And I was like, APQP, I was wondering what that was, so I looked it up earlier, but now I already forgot it. It uh, stands for Advanced Product Quality Planning. I guess that's a standard automotive practice, mm. um, so it'll it'll go in line with that. And then a second part of this article, it talks about um, Hyundai partners with Factorial Energy. So that, that first image all the way at the top was from Factorial. Um, in another development, it says, uh, regarding solid-state battery from this week, it says front this week, obviously they meant from, uh, Hyundai announced a joint development agreement with Factorial Energy of Woburn, Massachusetts, uh, to test their novel solid-state battery technology and integrate it into Hyundai Electric, Hyundai electric Vehicles. Uh, the companies will integrate the technology at the cell, module, and system levels, perform vehicle-level integration, and co-develop specifications for ma- manufacturing the batteries. Mm. Um, they, you know, of course, they had a press release when they talked about this as well. It says the... Uh, these advances are based on factorial electrolyte system technology that is safer than conventional lithium-ion technology, extends driving range 20 to 50%, and is drop-in compatible for easy integration into existing lithium-ion battery manufacturing structure. So similar to the other one, I mean, I get it, right, that make it easier to transition, but um, I think at some point to get the full benefit of it, especially when you're talking about range and things like that, it's going to have to be a whole new manufacturing process, I would think. I would think so. But... When are we going to get to the point to where lead acid batteries are not used in electric vehicles? I thought they were. I thought they were lithium ion. Oh, are they gel? Do you have gel batteries or? Do we have a lithium ion twelve volt, or is it lead acid? Oh, the twelve volt battery. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we ion? no. I think we have twelve volt. I think they're transitioning over to. Is it a is it a uh, lead acid or is it a lithium ion base? No, it's lead acid. It's okay. just a normal. Yeah, normal. It wasn't anything special, right? But it just it just cracks me up that there's so much technology put into these cars and it's still relying on yeah I know old lead acid battery. Yeah, even um, if it's gel lead acid, I mean it's still. Yeah. Yeah, because there's been a lot of people that have had problems with their 12 volts and their Teslas. Uh, Factorial claims its FEST technology is not only safer and offers longer range than conventional lithium-ion, it also is cost-competitive, enables safe and reliable cell performance with high-voltage and high-capacity electrodes. Uh, Its solid electrolyte has been successfully scaled in 40-amp-hour cells, works at room temperature, and can utilize the majority of existing lithium-ion battery manufacturing equipment. So it says overall the takeaway... um, 
you know, solid state batteries are the holy grail of battery technology. I mean, I don't know if it's the holy grail, but it's definitely the next thing that everybody's working towards because of all those benefits. Is it the end all end all of batteries? No, I think some of those nano, like what was that one that we talked about? That was, was it uranium based or whatever? The, uh, no, the diamond, the diamond battery like that, I think it'd be the holy grail. When I think of holy grail battery tech, that's what I'm thinking of. Right. I think this is just the next stepping stone. So, um, and they also talk about the, um, there are a lot of trade secrets involved, lots of money at the table as far as this goes. And the buzz about solid state batteries is always that they'll be here soon, but how soon over and over the year 2025 is mentioned. There's no guarantee that you'll be able to buy a car with solid state batteries by then, but it seems the expectation in the industry that they will be available. And I think, I think we will see something come of it well, I mean, in the next few years. If you just look at the, the technology itself, and even just inputting computers into it. I mean, how long did you have a mechanical hard drive yeah. and now there's solid state memory? Yeah. You know, I mean, we had mechanical hard drive since the 60s. Yeah. So, and now we've got almost no mechanical yeah. hard drives. So, it, it's just one of those things that, you know, It'll time accelerate. accelerate mm-hmm. And then we'll hit another brick wall, and then all of a sudden there'll be something else new. And we'll have all have the diamond batteries. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it it's a great article. Yeah. And hopefully it does come soon. And, I mean, I remember how excited we were about Maxwell Technologies, and then it just kind of petered out to nothing because, you know, Tesla's like, oh, we want these. I think they're just keeping it quiet. So the, our last topic um, that we're going to talk about, kind of follows up on this, and it's yet another company. So let's get into that. From quantumscape.com, you know, this is kind of following up to our previous article talking about solid-state battery technology and where it is and how it's where it's going and some of the companies involved. Yet another company involved in that is is Quantumscape. And I had thought we talked about them before, and I went back and searched through the show notes, and it it didn't pop up. Maybe Maybe we had shared articles and stuff. We just never formally talked about it, but... Matt, you posted um, some test results that they did. An independent lab tested their batteries, like, mm-hmm. and to, to see if what they're claiming is actually true. And we'll get into that in a second. But the the gist of it is, it is true. But I think they do a much better job, as far as I've seen from any of these other companies. And I haven't looked at every single one, as far as their websites, their technology, like in depth. Mm-hmm. But I did spend about an hour digging through the quantum scape stuff in the last few days. And they've got some, they've, they've done a really good job about explaining why their technology is better than lithium ion and what we're using today. I thought, um, but are they doing it with facts that are going to hold up in time? Right. I think that's, that's where the testing comes in. Because what they've promised up until now, and I think they've been doing this since 2017, I think is what it said, they've been promising this tech for a while. But because of this independent testing that was done, and then they, they, because they cycled these batteries, it's now proving that what they're saying they could do, they've done it. Okay. Now, manufacturing that at scale is yet to be seen. So, as of today, Mm -hmm. the 5th of November, 2021 their stock is sitting at 3102 a share quantumscape yeah 3102 a share 
What's their like yet the year year look like if you click on one year? What's their high for uh, a year? I just just pulled up the Oh, so they've only existed since around April. Right. So they're new. And then their their high has been thirty one eighty two and that's where they're they're at thirty one oh two. So So it'd be curious to see how it does. How it does in <clears throat> you know <clears throat> a year. Our computer audio is down, yeah. right? So they've got a so like if you have time and I'm not gonna play these of course because you know, copyright and things and these are on Vim on Vimeo. They're not on YouTube. But and they're pretty short, or like two and a half, three minutes each. But it, it talks about what is a solid state battery, and then it says why why it's so challenging to develop them. And they do a really good job of explaining not just what they're doing, but just in general what the the challenges are and how they're overcoming it. Basically, the lithium ion battery, you've got an anode and a cathode, and then you've got some kind of material in between that separates them. And then as you charge and discharge, that energy moves between the anode and the cathode. A solid-state battery, at least their solid-state battery, gets rid of the anode altogether. And the material that's in between those two layers is, is they have developed a, a ceramic, um, non-organic material. And so when you charge, you just get nothing but a, the, the, the pure lithium ion. There's no substrate in the anode. It's really cool, like you know, it's it's hard to explain without watching. Yeah, you must do way deep. I was I watched I was watching all the videos and everything. Um, but what's cool and like just to just at a high level, you know, so they're talking about significantly increased volumetric and gravimetric energy density by eliminating the graphite silicon anode host material. So it, you're basically almost making the battery. I wouldn't say half, but you're you're reducing it about 40, 30, 30 to forty percent in size. And then when you're charging it, it's when you're charging that that to what used to be the anode layer, it's that the density is way it's it's way denser, so it's le it's less size and more dense, and um, you, you, and they say enables less than 15 minutes of fast fast charge, which is zero to 80 percent, by eliminating the lithium diffusion bottleneck. And the anode host material, so that's where you can get the, the you know you can't charge it if you charge it too fast it gets too hot it could catch on fire. Right. That's why Tesla has that whole battery management system, the BMS, to keep the batteries cool. So when you're in a Tesla and you put in your destination and it tells you when you're supposed to stop at a supercharger, it pre is preconditioning that battery. It's cooling it down or warming yeah, it up or, depending on the weather yep. to be at the optimal temperature to take that charge at the fastest rate possible. This doesn't necessarily need to do that because of the materials they're using. Hmm. Um, as far as the life goes, it says increased life by eliminating capacity loss at the anode interface. Eliminates organic separator because they're using that solid state ceramic separator. It now is non-flammable, non-combustible. So it's going to be much safer. And then it lowers cost because it's eliminating the anode materials, the anode host materials, and which is going to reduce so, the manufacturing costs as well. So who cares about cars? In the future, yeah, yeah. Let's you, yeah. When can we use this for other things? Right, too? and and that's and that's what's. I mean, because like my phone, I have a, I have the, the the crap. Can't even think. I have the eighteen watt charger. Oh, that came with phone. it. No, no. 
what did it come with? Nothing. The cable. Oh, that's right. It, it came with a charger. cable. That's right. <laughs> you have the Apple 18-watt charger? Yeah. Okay. So with that charger, you know, I can I can charge my phone pretty quick. I can yeah. go. It's know, not bad. No, it's not it'll, bad it'll at all. do like a 15-minute charge will get you like 60% or something. I don't uh, not not off not off the eighteen watt now off oh. the anchors anchors like fifty watt charger or something forty to whatever Jerry rig everything he what he did oh the anchor nano yeah the anchor nano I how think. how fat how many watts would that phone allow you to charge I think it's to? only twenty okay. yeah it's only twenty right. so I mean I'm at my max but can you imagine you know you're you're like oh I'm gonna go out for the evening. You throw your phone on the charger for two minutes and it's fully charged yeah. and you go. I, I think we'll get there. Yeah. Like and then this because if you don't have to worry about the heat so much, that's where you can I just think dump it. Will come it. In. But then then that also brings up another thing. You only have so much power coming into your house. Yeah. So then if you're gonna be dumping all this energy into your car, <laughs> are we are we gonna yeah. have to have like some kind how, of how super, does that impact super, the grid? Yeah, but but think about it like this is is somebody because Maxwell Technologies was also a supercapacitor. True. So are they developing something that can charge these supercapacitors, which can dump and can charge, then can dump that, or they go and put supercapacitors in the cell phones or the cars or laptops or the power, or, the power, or brick, the power the charging bricks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and then, and then dissipate, be able to, to dump that in. Well, I think that's when we, you know, we've talked about it a couple, it's like three or four episodes ago, the microgrid stuff that Intel's helping with. Like, if everybody went and bought an electric car right now, you wouldn't, the grid can't support it. Oh, no. They couldn't support well, charging. Like, you talk about when it's super hot outside and everybody having their air on and fans and things about, you know, that issue. Imagine if everybody's trying to charge an EV at the same time. Yeah. Like, that's why, you know, you get, you need that microgrid technology or, or something need, that can help with that. Or we need more renewable energy. Yeah, and to, subs- people- to, to subs- not really substitute, I guess, augment what we already have for this. Right. Like, because we t- we've talked about the peaker plant stuff. Like, and, and I think that's what Tesla's doing with the power grid. Uh, what were they, what's their uh, battery grids? I forget what it's called. Um, not, not that, I know power walls, but is it, was it power grid? There are big battery banks like the one they put in Australia and the one they're doing in California. Yeah, to help offset offset the peak demands. Like we're gonna need more things. And then the, the way we talked about that other battery tech a couple of that was using ago, the carbon or whatever. That was using the um the uh the big huge like fridge size. Yeah, but where were they stuff. recycling? The carbon or lead, something? Lead, lead. Lead. Yeah. It was like lead and water. Salt water. Salt water. And yeah. the, the chemical process produced the yeah, so we're going to need more stuff like that to help offset these high peak demand times when people are charging. Because now but, you're going to have a high peak demand like when it's super hot outside, but then everybody gets home from work and starts charging their cars, and then that could be a high peak as well. But you, there, you make a point with that, but how many Tesla or EV owners are going to have the high power chargers at their house i wouldn't have had one unless my buddy kevin gave me his old one i was using an eight kilowatt charger right eight kilowatts yeah and i'm just i'm just saying theoretically if if like everybody went out today yeah but even if half of your even if half of 
a neighborhood went out and bought an EV with the the fast chargers, the home chargers, like we'd be in trouble. United States grid, electrical grid, <laughs> yeah, was built for 1950s technology. Yeah. Now, you had a 60 amp panel in your whole house in the in the 50s. What do you got in your house? Two. Yeah. yeah. Two. What do you got? Yeah, I got 150, which I probably need a 400, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. If everybody, ha- like, they're going to have to start putting three or 400 amp because of EVs. If if you have two, if you, most people have two cars. Mm-hmm. Most average household has two cars. If you're, if you both drive in EVs and you have to charge them, I mean, not every night, but every other night, I mean. And then and that's everybody. Well, it depends on, the on how far you're driving. Yeah. I mean, I drive 17 minutes to work. Yeah. I'd be would, okay. Yeah. You'd be My fine. wife, you know, drives 40 minutes to work. Yeah. She'd, she'd still be okay every three or four days, but yeah, it just depends. And you don't good. Know how she drives. <laughs> <laughs> so you're talking about like 1950s technology. So yeah. this, this was a cool graph. So they talk about energy density as far as cell. Mass specific energy, so watt hours per kilo kilogram. Jesus. So in the nineteen seventies we had lead acid, right? So you can see they weren't even at a hundred. And then the eighties we went to nickel metal hydride, which like all the like the early cell phones and things were that. And then you you know you creep up to about the hundred level. Today we have lithium ion, which is getting closer to three hundred. And then look at solid state lithium metal, like it's it's you it's know, the next jump seventy percent more. So almost 500. So and that's where a quantum scape is coming in. That's where they're saying that their technology will, it's the next leap, and then it'll be diamond batteries after that. Baby. So so I want to call this right now. This company is gone right now. It's Somebody's going to buy them? Yep. Tesla will buy them or, or Tesla Am- bought some kind of battery company today. Did they? Yeah, I think I think I seen it posted on electric.co or something. Sorry, not to uh, divulge, <laughs> but... Yeah, we'll have to go look at that. But yeah, I mean, I think I think you're. I mean, I didn't see what their evaluation was. I mean, you I said what thirty one dollars a yeah, share. Yeah, thirty one oh two. So depending on like what their valuation is, I mean, I could definitely see that. Like, think about it. Why wouldn't a Tesla or a Rivian or a Ford or a GM not buy them? If and then let's get into the second part of this, which is the actual test results. So they published this on ten twenty seven. So what a week ago. So, of course, if you go and watch the videos, it goes in depth and, and t- t- talks about all of these things, and we kind of covered it at a high level. But basically, this third-party um, laboratory, uh, Mobile Power Solutions, and I don't know what kind of affiliation they have or, you know, you know, sometimes these things can be a little weird. Skewed. Yeah, skewed, but, you know, just going off of what they're publishing here, it says Independent Battery Lab, and, me- and so they – they took QuantumScape's single-layer cells, and they tested them in their lab, and it says met automotive-relevant conditions. So they did over 800 cycles. So yeah, let's get down here to the actual. And a cycle so, is 0 to 100, right? 0 to 100, yeah, in which most EV batteries you don't ever go down. Most like, batteries you don't want to go down. What's the lowest you ever went in your car? Like you Unfortunately, said, 5%. But that was when you were you forgot to charge it, right? But that's not daily. Like no, that's yeah, one, no. that was one time. Yeah. I think most people, they probably don't go under 30 or 20 maybe. Um, so they went 800 cycles. That's full zero to back to 100 charge cycles. 
And they said that's roughly equivalent to 240,000 miles driven for a 300-mile range vehicle uh, and demonstrates the battery technology's ability to perform over a vehicle's expected lifetime. Uh, 25 <laughs> degrees Celsius, which is about room temperature, operating room temperature, uh, as opposed to an elevated temperature, 60 to 80 C, because, you know, most lithium-ion packs are much, they, they, they put off heat. They've got to be cooled. Um, they, they operate, at, they don't operate at room temperature, that's for sure. Um, which helps show their their robustness for the battery's cap uh, power capability. Retention maintained at more than 80%, so over a long period of that 800 cycles in this case. 100% depth of discharge, like you said, they were fully drained, which isn't typical of any uh, most EVs out there. Most people are not going to zero. Heck, even on your phones and stuff, most people don't go to zero on it. most most devices. And then 3.4 atmospheres, atmospheres of pressure. The amount of pressure is sufficiently low for automotive, automotive applications. So I don't know that part of it. As, I don't understand that part of it specifically as much as the other stuff. But um, And it says that Mobile Power Solutions is an independent battery laboratory. They are ANAB accredited to ISO. Here's the, the, you know, the ISO standard based in Beaverton, Oregon. They're also uh, so I'm on their website. Did you find their evaluation. Uh, I didn't find their evaluation. Or but not evaluation. I'm sorry, valuation. Like, are they worth thirty billion? I, I did not look billion? up that. I was just curious of if I could find like sub, if they were a sub company yeah. of sub company of of whatever. I don't but, think but so. But it looks like they're they're a battery designer and independent tester. Yeah, and they're, and they're in uh, San Jose, California. So, well, they're in Beaverton, Oregon. No, the the company who did the tests in Beaverton, Oregon. Yeah, the the mobile battery um, place. Mobile power it? solutions. Mobile power solutions. Sorry, they're in Beaverton. But if you want, and like, of course, all this will be in the the show notes. But if you go to, um, they actually have a white paper. So mobile power solutions, um, they published the paper that they did. Um, so here's like the actual report, I guess, if you want to, and it goes into all the specifics. Fifteen pages. Wow. Yeah goes into all the specifics. It shows all the info. Um, and then it goes into more details showing, shows like the graphs and the data from the tests. So, you know, it's got all the curves and things like that in there. But uh, so if you want to, you know, nerd out on some of this data, it's it's out there. And you said, uh, here's, here's the actual picture of the cells. Hmm. Looks like they might have had them in some kind of cooling refrigerator type thing just to keep them at a consistent temperature. Looks like they're pretty small because they're only doing like 1.35 million in sales really? a year. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they just now, I mean, I like I said, I think the biggest hurdle is going to be scaling by the solid state battery tech. I think we're going to keep hearing more and more about it. And I think, like I said, that, you know, like it mentioned in the, the clean technical article, um, 2025 is when they're thinking we're going to start seeing vehicles with it. We'll see, but you know, even vehicles like what about power tools, mm, lawnmowers, yeah. mobile devices? Like, mm -hmm. this sh should be able to go beyond just cars. Yeah, thank you very much for watching or listening to us for episode 36. We greatly appreciate it. Please uh, check out our socials, you can find everything on twbshow.com. Uh, thank you, uh. Again, like if you're watching this on Facebook, YouTube, or listening to it on your podcast platform of choice, we greatly appreciate it. And we will see you in about two weeks. Yep. Yep. Don't forget about Tiki Taki. And yeah, check out those Tiki Takis, which I usually post like clips and things uh, of our show on there. And uh, 
We would also appreciate you checking that out. See you in two. Two. Bye.